0: Frequencies are open. Welcome, welcome to the Infinite Potato Alliance. historic cosmic potato studios welcome to that star trek podcast this is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things trek now on with the show
1: greetings everyone and welcome to another episode of that star trek podcast your one-stop podcast for reviews discussion examination and speculation of all things trek I am not your host, because this week to wrap up the series and the season of Star Trek Picard, we are welcoming back host emeritus and special guest host for this episode, Sean Ray. Sean, take it away, boss.
2: Thank you. And thank you for uh, all the work that you've done this season, uh, filling in when when I haven't been able to be here. But... Tonight, we will be reviewing the 10th episode of Star Trek Picard's third season and the series finale, which was titled The Last Generation, written and directed by Terry Metalis. Original air date was April 20th, 2023. The IMDb description says, in a desperate last stand, Jean-Luc Picard and generations of crews, both old and new, fight together to save the galaxy from the greatest threat they've ever faced. Joining me tonight is Rick. How are you, sir?
3: There once was a woman from Venus.
2: We also have Scott, how are you tonight, sir?
1: Uh it's it's actually kind of nice not having to drive the conversation. I can just sit back and respond to things.
2: And Tom makes it a threesome. How are you, sir? you
4: even hear yourself i I want to say super expert level pew action activate
2: all right so let's go through our initial thoughts on this episode this was this was the big one this is the one that we've been waiting for and kind of a, a a bittersweet thing with finales like this we don't have any we don't have any more speculation to talk about there's nothing to speculate oh, yes, because it's, oh, because it's over. It. This is the end of it. We got to we got to see what happened. We got to see what the sea, what season was leading up to, and uh, and I, I think that we all enjoyed it. But we will go around the table. Tom, why don't you start? What did you think of the last generation?
4: Uh, great episode. Questions, of course. Great episode. Um, they, they a lot of. Uh, uh, great visuals. They still got some humor in there. Um, just loved
2: it. All right, Rick. What about you?
4: It was very
3: Dickensian for me. Uh, what was good was great. What was not was kind of meh, I guess. So maybe it wasn't <laughs> the best of times or worst of times. I I don't know. I I the Borg stuff. As soon as we knew we were dealing with the Borg. I knew that there was going to be some bullshit contrived way to take them all out at once. You know, that was, you know, Saturday morning cartoon Battlestar Galactica, original series level of, of, uh, of solution. But the, the end of the episode, the, 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 uh the, the, the wrapping up of the next generation cast was beautiful. Um I, I, not to get too far ahead of things, the only times I shed a tear in this episode had nothing to do with our main cast, and that—that that I think oh. for me was kind of saying something.
2: You were crying about the the cook on the bridge.
3: Yeah, that that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I—I I mean, I loved it. It—it it was you know it was great. It was just you know, once we knew it was the Borg, there was only one way it could go and it went that way. And, you know, whatever.
2: All right. John says he agrees with Rick. What was good was great. What was not was what I've come to expect from Picard. So on average, it was still way ahead of the curve compared to other seasons. Scott, what about you? What'd you think?
1: Um, Well, I, I certainly agree with John. That sounds a lot like what I was thinking. Um, There are, Parts of this episode that I thought were fantastic, other things I didn't like quite so much, and it it was kind of what I was what I was expecting. Th- those moments were kind of what I was expecting. Uh, this episode overall, with the with the pace, with the way it was written, and with the way that this episode plot unfolded, it felt a lot more TNG than most of this season has. Um. And it's one of the i can't really put my finger exactly on why it felt like like tng but
2: probably because the tng cast was there and they were on the enterprise d that probably well, had a lot to do with it
1: not not, not just because of that you you could you could have taken i it could have been a silent thing could they it could have been in a in a different room on a different ship but the way that the scenes were written as they were trying to puzzle out how to deal with with the borg and how they were going to handle this situation all of that, it just felt like the way that the plot would progress in an episode of TNG. And John says, is more TNG a positive? And I think in, in the context of what I'm saying, I think it's it's fairly neutral. I, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It just, it, it seemed very reminiscent of TNG. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. And it didn't necessarily make me feel, you know, all wrapped up in the warm familiar. But it didn't. It didn't leave me flat. It's just. It's just what it felt like. Um, I agree. I think it was Tom that said uh, uh, some great visuals in this episode. A lot of stuff looked looked unbelievable, um, and the the wrap up as they're tying up all the the loose ends of the storylines. Uh, it it felt really nice. They they at least took their time to try to bring things in for a nice soft landing. It wasn't let's rush the climax in the last 10 minutes and then cut to the credits as fast as possible. They, they gave us t- enough time to, to slow down before we come in for a soft landing instead of rushing into dock. Um, I've been describing this as a, a thoroughly serviceable series finale. It didn't, it didn't set my socks on fire, but it did not leave me feeling flat at all it was nice. It was really nice.
2: My wife kept commenting that, um, we would see the enterprise do things like when it was flying through the board ship and stuff. And she said, well, they didn't do anything like that on the old show. And it's like, well, yeah, they're not having to deal with a six foot model and an upside down camera. (laughs) (laughs)
5: They they started doing that.
1: They started doing that uh, a bit in, uh, a little bit in all good things, but definitely once we started getting to the movies, the ships are a lot more nimble, but yeah. the, the, the Galaxy class seemed like a pretty big lumbering beast.
4: It's the
1: through. fat one. Yeah, it's the fat one. It, move, it moves slow, and it's, well, and it's it almost kind of like it's the,
2: it's the fleet's aircraft carrier, kind yeah. of, you know.
1: So it um, it it was weird to see it flying through the cube the way it was, but at the same time, I, I I look at it the way we've been looking at Klingons for decades. They would have had the Enterprise do that on the show if they had a way to make it to pull it off and make it
3: look good, but they well, didn't. My, my problem with that was not the Enterprise doing the maneuvers, because yeah, that was pretty sweet. Was the fact that there were holes big enough in the Borg cube for the Enterprise to fly through. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> well, I mean, the Borg Cube is supposed to be—it's it, huge. Really big. Why, yeah.
3: why would they have conduits large enough for the you know a ship? One of the biggest ships in than, Starfleet history. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, you know, the, if you look at the at the the the, the compare, it's like the Enterprise, the original Enterprise, the you know, no bloody A, B, C, or D, was the size of a football field. It It, it was the size. It was comparable to the you know i've seen lots of graphics of the enterprise over like the the actual aircraft carrier mm-hmm. and the enterprise d is like you know two or three orders of magnitude bigger
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's a big ship
3: why would the Borg, you know well think about it, that pull away shot
1: because it looks cool
3: because it well, looks cool, but yeah, that, that
1: that's why the Borg now, Cube had so much space inside it. Because it looks cool for the Enterprise. Because you've got to
2: you've got to ha- ha- you got to have Han fly the Millennium Falcon through the
3: Exa-
2: the <laughs> trenches of the Death Star. You know,
3: you know, if they were <laughs> phasing their way through, I you know, I probably wouldn't. I, I I didn't hate it. I'm not saying that this was a deal breaker or anything, but it was just like, really, they can fly the ship all the way to the center of the cube. It's yeah, but the, this isn't an X-Wing. This is the freaking Enterprise D. This is a galaxy class starship that's
4: f- freaking huge and they're flying it into the Borg Cube. And they made a point though as to m- how much bigger this cube is than anything we've seen before. Because no. they, made, huh? no, they didn't.
3: No. It's oh, just it
4: it just has no. a big ass antenna array that we've never seen before. No, 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 no. Remember when that they show the enterprise there and then they do that uh pull away and it sounded just like um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when they keep pulling away from the earth
5: mm-hmm. um, yeah
4: and you finally get the borg cube and then you can't even see the speck of the enterprise there anymore.
2: yeah it was it is it, it was much bigger than any borg cube we've ever seen before
1: they, they gave us a very wide shot over jupiter to very clearly show us the scale difference between the size of the enterprise and the size of the cube it was massive
2: it's almost just, like we you know we get it we get a line that says that the queen has been consuming uh her children the the drones or whatever to keep herself alive possibly she was collecting other cubes and stacking them together and making making a much bigger a much
4: bigger ship uh, yeah my my, my head can read john's comment here
1: so. uh, yeah, my head Tom canon, is right. Yeah, <laughs> my, my head canon was that the queen did gather up like all the cubes that she could find and kind of use them to make a a mega cube. It something similar happened in, in some of the uh, some of the non canon novels that took place after Nemesis. Um, the, the Borg put together a cube uh, so large that it uh, pulverized Pluto it completely wiped that planet out of the sky. So they were probably thinking about that when they made it. Uh, John,
5: can't
2: catch a break.
1: John makes a good point. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he makes a good point. Mickey was devastated. <laughs> um, he, John says just one path big enough and they didn't think that they would fit. Who knows why the Borg would have those. But there's no reason to say they wouldn't. And then that, that makes a fair point. It
3: I, you're, it, you're not wrong. You're not yeah, wrong. I just think it was silly.
4: It's just a thermal exhaust port. So.
3: Exactly. My um, <laughs> my my initial
2: thoughts are okay. So I'll do the I'll do the gushing part first. So I thought that this episode, when when coupled with the previous episode, which I wasn't here for the discussion um, that you guys had on that episode, but I think this is one of the best things that Star Trek has ever put out. As a franchise, Um, when you combine these two episodes into like a movie, I think they're just as good as some of the Trek movies that we love, like Star Trek II, first contact, you know, those those movies, it's definitely among the best episodes of the franchise and I enjoyed every minute of it, even though some of it at the end kind of came unraveled for me, but I will talk about that when we get to, I do have some criticisms that I'll go into during our discussion. But one thing I'll say right here at the beginning is that this episode was a fantastic ending for TNG and the four films that they made together. It was lovingly made by people who love Star Trek, not not by people that, like Nemesis, was made by people that had never seen Star Trek. (laughs) But uh, However, in that same breath, I will say that it was not a satisfying conclusion to Star Trek Picard. To that series because while all of the characters have their happy ending we didn't see one conversation between Picard and Raffi we didn't see a conversation between Picard and Seven um those <laughs> characters who have been together in this series from the very beginning and then you know of course we had three characters from the series that weren't even in the season but then you know that's that's something else but there's no character closure there for them as a group So. When we can discuss that as we go and how you guys disagree and why you're wrong, but (laughs) no, I, I, I
1: agree with you on that. This definitely became more TNG season eight than it was Picard season three.
2: And I'm fine with that one because I love TNG. That's my star Trek. Right. Even though I've always argued that deep space nine is a better show, but TNG is my star Trek and mm-hmm. i love seeing these people here and it's a finale that i think that that group needed um uh, since first contact because nemesis was not the the finale they needed mm-hmm. now now i i will i'm the i'm the weirdo that likes nemesis i like nemesis but i don't think it's a good finale for that for that group um
3: nemesis would be fine yeah. if it wasn't star trek
2: yeah, Nemesis would be fine if it was made by people who like Star Trek, but I mean, when you...
3: Well, no, no. I mean, it would, it would, it's a fine science fiction movie. It's a bad Star Trek film.
2: Yeah, but when we've got a picture of Picard when he was in the Academy with no hair, when we've seen pictures, <laughs> we've yeah. seen images of Picard on the Stargazer as Captain with hair, mm-hmm. it made no sense, you know, so...
1: When the director of your Star Trek movie thinks that it's Geordi Laverne...
3: Yeah, he, yeah. he got
1: some problems. If, so if, um go If
3: Breaks had directed Nemesis, it would have been it would have been the 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 exit they needed mm, instead of what true. we got.
2: I'm not going to go through the episode beat by beat because we'll, talk, we'll we will we'll end up talking about every single line. <laughs> but uh I do I'm going to just hit the highlights and you guys can break in and talk about anything you want to talk about as we go along but Before we jump into those,
1: John John left a a note in the chat about Uh, about your
2: thoughts. He says, I don't disagree with you, Sean, but I'm okay with it because it ended effective with Picard passing the torch of the show to Seven Raffi. Well, I mean, yeah, except that that didn't happen. We didn't get that scene. We didn't get Picard passing anything. Um, And when we saw in season one, we, we see in season one Picard going to Raffi and bringing her back into uh into the fleet into starfleet and then we don't get to see a scene with them at the end to kind of wrap that up i don't i don't think i don't think i've heard raffy call him jl what's this whole season
3: no and that's something we've been talking about all season is that uh there there's been a distinct separation between uh well, not not a separation. It's just the the TNG crew just kind of took over mm-hmm. the Titan. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: And yeah. and the and the show at the same time.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, and think season 2 had a a pretty effective ending and resolution for the Picard team. And as in the the show Picard, um I I'm trying to remember now the timeline. Did we know at that point that Season three was going to be TNG redo.
2: Yeah, because Terry Metalis, Terry Metalis left Picard like mid-season to go start working on season three and getting all that set up because they 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 filmed all this at the same time. They filmed they went right from filming season two, go straight into filming season three because because patrick stewart is 80 something years old and they <laughs>
1: and, and <laughs> because they had taken advantage of uh of the downtime from the pandemic to yeah, write yeah. both
2: seasons yeah um okay so the show opens with a recreation of the uh well first we get the logo sequence and they had taken the titan out and they put the enterprise d in there and then they borgified the delta which was pretty cool To. uh mm-hmm to see and then uh and then when the show opens we get a recreation of that nebula from the opening credits of tng from season three onward yeah the Um, the
3: the three or four going into the star and all that
2: yeah yeah Yeah, that was pretty cool to see that and then we get our first tos cameo that i can recall in new trek because walter koenig's voice is heard as president antonio uh anton antonio anton
4: I and gasped. Yeah. I, I, I had we to were, check
2: and make sure it, that I was hearing Walter Koenig. I was like, it sounds like Walter Koenig, but I'm as, not sure.
3: As soon as I heard him, I, I was, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and, you know, I bawled like a baby on the previous episode. And so I'm, I'm all set. She even handed me a tissue before I, you know, before <laughs> anything, she's like, you're going to need this. Right. And I'm like, yeah. As soon as I heard like the first word, I was like, mm, cause I had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this this show did it to me twice, and we'll talk about the second one later. But it, it it just it wasn't a it wasn't a tears moment. It was just so wonderful to be so thoroughly surprised. Yeah, to hear Walter Koenig's voice, and he I think he did a really great job of of mitigating because even he knows how stupid the Chekhov accent was. Well, um,
2: because this is Chekhov's son. Exactly. So he, would, and he, he wouldn't he, have as thick of an accent. He as he his sort father.
3: of mitigated it, which was yeah. really nice to hear. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he um that, Terry Metalis tweeted out a picture after the show aired, tweeted out a picture of him watching in his living room watching the finale with Walter Koenig and Tim Russ. Oh
3: fuck. <laughs> be, sorry, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so uh
2: so yeah, he's like timeline. He, he's playing... Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. What, what were you saying?
4: Sorry, I just... The the timeline for it being Chekhov's son, you know... I, well, he'd
2: had to be a very old man.
4: Well, re- remember,
3: you know, or, McCoy or was Chekhov 130 had. when he was on the Enterprise at its launch.
2: Yeah, but I'm not sure if you're still having children when you're 130. You I think, I, I think everything's... I Think everything's done,
3: but <laughs> Picard
1: was having children at like I, he was probably what yeah, he was in
2: his 70s, yeah, probably
1: Se- 70s, 80s. And I it it, it works out because yeah. we're we're looking at what maybe because TNG was I think 78, 80 years after TOS, so fast forward it's been like 30. So, well, we know that ge- we know the generations.
2: generations was 78 years after. Um, the launch of the Enterprise B we know that from mm. generations and, okay. and, and Chekhov was there Chekhov this was is...
3: Chekhov was younger than McCoy
2: yeah yeah. In yeah he was a young guy he was the youngest guy on the ship
3: so if McCoy was 130 in Encounter at Farpoint then Chekhov was probably just hitting his 80s
2: I don't know if he's that much younger.
3: Yeah,
1: not that. Much <laughs> yeah, um, we, we we can probably say that at he's probably uh, 115, maybe. Encounter at yeah. point, Pavel was probably like a hundred, and he's probably had his kid by now. Th- this President Anton Chekhov, he's probably you know approaching yeah. his centennial as well. Yeah, and,
2: he's probably pretty
1: old. With these longer human lifespans, it can be done. That's yeah. you know, that's that's that.
2: It was. But also, we we experience. have to. We have to mention that he was he was named after Anton Yelchin, who played Chekhov in the Kelvin timeline yeah. movies, and died tragically in 2016. So, uh, well, and so, also yeah, it was nice to see
3: the playwright that Chekhov was named after was Anton Chekhov. So,
2: yeah, yeah, true.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so um so this brings my first gripe of the episode because he sends out this message, and the Enterprise hears it. Can nobody else hear this? I mean, the, the whole fleet is having this huge display that involves every ship. Every ship in the fleet is there, right? And they're showing off a whole new technology. So we're, the Vulcans weren't invited. The Andorians aren't there. No Bajorans. You know, there's no other ships in the Federation invited to this party Uh you would think if the if if a signal went out from earth saying don't come to earth the vulcans would at least we need you go check out and see what's going on
5: in earth
1: <laughs> yeah i i was noticing this throughout the episode It's that there does no one exist other than than earth and starfleet because there's there should be plenty of klingons out there there should be plenty of romulan ships out there vulcans where you at
4: well, not
2: and i know they're um and I know it's space, and space is big, and it takes a while. But in Star Trek, it's just right around the corner.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's, I, I'm a bit disappointed that they just chose not to acknowledge it at all, because I,
3: Earth is not the only planet around. It was a very Homo sapiens only club in this in this episode. I will grant you that.
2: Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of. People in Starfleet that aren't human. So, you would—I I don't know—I I would just think that if they're having a shindig this big, that they would have inv- invited delegates from other uh, other planets in the Federation to well, observe what's going on and stuff.
3: Well, that—that's—that's that's the problem because of the changelings. But I'm—you uh, know—I'm—I'm I'm less concerned about that because we don't know what the crews of the other ships are you know there's there's you know 200 ships there we don't know what their crews are all like and there's you know on the titan there's several species um but like crusher's like if earth falls everything falls the whole federation falls yeah it's like,
5: yeah
4: earth ain't the only planet dudes <laughs>
1: yeah. every planet every system
4: i'm
2: no
1: maybe maybe starfleet falls but there's the rest of the federation and there's all the other powers in the alpha well then you've got
2: like in in star trek six you know the federation president's office is on earth like like there's nowhere else that it could be
3: john says you're correct it was dumb like how no cops ever show up in 80s action shows and yeah chill a bit crusher (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right, so the Borg are hiding inside Jupiter, which is a pretty good. It was a pretty good effect to see that uh, yeah. that ship inside the gases of Jupiter. That was pretty cool. Uh, it seemed okay. So the the Borg Queen, which we haven't seen the Queen yet, we've heard her, and you guys were talking in the last episode. Um, I was I was hitting my dashboard listening. <laughs>
0: Because you were like, you were like <laughs>
2: questioning, you were like questioning. So, was uh, was Vadic when she cut her hand off? Is she talking to the board queen? Yes, that that was once they said <laughs> the board queen was involved. Yes, that's the answer, you know. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, the board queen drops her shields, and Picard says this is an invitation for them to go inside. But and I know the board queen is insane. Okay, so I, I know but that. We, d-
3: we didn't know at the time, but yeah.
2: So every single time the Borg has faced Starfleet, or Picard in particular, they have failed. So why would you drop your shields and invite them to come in? <laughs>
3: because well, of the
1: sheer effing hubris. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> and well, that's one thing that has always bothered me about the Borg, is the the, the conceit that you can beam onto a Borg ship and just walk around.
2: And not affect and, anything, yeah. And,
3: yeah, and and they don't care. Uh as long as you don't point a phaser at something. It, as long it, as they it, don't
2: see you as a threat, yeah. Yeah.
3: This at least it made sense because you know it was the spider and the fly. Come on in, everything's fine, have some tea, we'll chat. You know, and Picard's like, All right, cool, let's go. That was the, the it wasn't the fact that the board queen dropped her shields and said, Come on in, it's the fact that he did it. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's very clearly she wants you to come why are you going to do it but he'll say he has to go save jack and they have to find the beacon and they have to find yeah. this and they have yeah. to find that but of course he also says what began 35 years ago ends tonight and any time any character in any franchise whether it's a television show a movie a comic book whatever if they say blank ends tonight go straight to hell i hate, uh, that line they is
2: did overused. that in uh uh not the last Halloween movie that came out, but the one that came up before that, that was a mm-hmm. line that was said 50 times in that movie. Evil,
3: Evil dies, dies tonight. tonight. <laughs> yeah. now, if if Picard had said, <laughs> this far, this far no, farther. no farther, I would have liked it a lot better. <laughs> you, you know what?
2: I would have gone for that. This far,
3: no
5: farther.
2: <laughs> um,
1: what, <what'd> you <laughs> no, guys... He's, he's going to say, this far, no further, this time for
3: real. <laughs> 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 I I was bummed when I found out that Alice Krieger just did the voice. Mm. Um, by the way, it's Krieger, uh, it's not okay. Kriega, It's Krieger, um, Krieger, Krieger. Um, which is why we didn't see her in in the last episode. We were talking about why why didn't they let us see her? Um, it,
1: that and this this form that she was taking now that she was you know falling apart and kind and of scary yeah and going going all Snoke. That's yeah. I am pretty sure that's why they didn't do the reveal last week because they wanted what she looks like now to be its own reveal this week. So once I saw what she looked like, okay, that, that makes sense. I'm, I'm with it now.
5: Well,
2: I don't think it was so much as uh uh, because they didn't want to bring in, they didn't want to bring her in and put her in makeup where she wouldn't be recognized and stuff like that. I think that she just wasn't available. And, uh, and so they filmed the whole thing without her. Well, well, I, I'm available to at least do the voiceover. So yeah, they, she, la- so they, they have do and, that. And I,
3: I think she probably just didn't want to deal with the everybody uh, froze. Yeah, uh, uh,
4: no, on everybody froze. Froze. Sharon,
3: Sharon wants to say good night real quick. She hasn't. This is like maybe her last time for a while to to do a cameo. So
5: hang
3: on. Sure. okay, say hi.
5: Hi. Hi. Bye. Bye, Seriously? Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> f- bye
3: go to bed bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, what do you guys idea, think yeah, of uh go ahead done, but go to your room <laughs> what do you guys like, think of data's i, I want to say uh, hi and then i was like uh, um,
2: what do you guys think of data's emotional outburst and when he says you know i hate them
4: that was fine uh, I I it was fine liked, I think
2: it was a little bit over the top but it was I
3: like data in this episode I've been bitching yeah. about data being back this whole season but this episode he was it, it, he was enjoyable I would yeah. have liked I would have liked to have not seen data in season one and only had this data. the way they've done it
2: yeah that that, that kind of makes me when we got the announcement that this show was happening that Picard was happening, this would be three, four years ago, um I saw an interview with uh, Patrick Stewart, and he said, "Oh, yes, we've got i we've got an idea for a story that's gonna last three seasons. I don't think that was true. No, I think they had one season. <laughs> I think they had one season, and it's the same it's the same deal as uh, George Lucas claiming that he had the whole Star Wars trilogy mapped out before. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um...
1: I would find it utterly believable that they had ideas for three seasons of Picard. And the ideas for se- for season three, maybe even season two, were tossed and replaced. Certainly, if they had three seasons already planned out, they tossed whatever they had and replaced it with what we got in in season 3.
3: I think you're uh, yeah, seasons 1 and 2 went to plan. But by the end of season 2 they realized it wasn't working. And they they went with all right, let's just get them to shut the hell up and we'll do we'll do next generation season 8 and we'll be done with it.
2: Well, when they when they finished season 1, Brent Spiner was interviewed and he said that he he wanted to end the character this way because he can't see himself playing data in his 60s or whatever i was like and the first thing i said well nobody was really asking you to because the character was already dead but <laughs> now that you've done it yeah it's 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 good that you're just going to go ahead and uh, and end it but uh but then when they decide oh we're going to do a TNG season and we're going to bring everybody back and somebody raises their hand and is like, we killed Data in season one. I don't care. We're getting, Everybody's coming back. Everybody's coming back.
4: Make it work. Spider says he'll do it.
2: He's going to do it. <laughs> well,
1: I'm going to give Terry Metalis a lot of credit because he found a way in this season to bring back the TNG crew, including Data, bring back the Borg as a, a major threat when even Patrick Stewart didn't want to do a third season with the Borg.
3: I have opinions about that.
1: But Terry Metalis was able to come up with, with a story, come up with ideas that made these things plausible. The way they brought back data, yeah, they killed him twice before, but the way that they brought him back, was novel. It was a clever. Now, now he is, he he is Pinocchio. Now he is a real boy, like he always wanted to be. What? Almost. What Gene Rod? he's as close as closer than he ever thought he would be. And as close as he's going to get Roddenberry had told Spiner at the beginning of TNG, no matter how long this goes for, here's the arc of your character. You want more than anything else to become human. And for as long as this character goes, you're going to work towards that and never make it. Mm -hmm. So they bend or break Roddenberry's rule with this season and have him get so close as makes no odds.
3: Dude, Roddenberry's corpse wasn't cold before they started breaking his rules. Well,
2: yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah but, but I'm well, just yeah. I, I heard the, I
2: heard Spiner talking about that on uh, the Michael Rosenbaum podcast, and he said that yeah. And at this point, he's a little he's a lot closer to being human than he's ever been, but still not quite there. He's still not quite human because we see okay, Data is in a golem, That is much like the Gollum that Picard is, but he's still able to do all Data stuff. You know, he can move his hands really fast across the console. Picard doesn't do any of that stuff.
3: Data didn't either. That was uh...
2: his hands were flying across that console when he was flying that shit.
3: But he knows every button. Um, Wesley did that shit too.
1: They were moving at expert speed. There there were no special effects. He was not going at superhuman speed. He He was going at expert pilot speed.
4: You could also argue, though, that um, they said that Picard's golem was not—I mean, he didn't have his super android uh, powers. He wasn't going to be the—you know—acting like the six million dollar man. It was the governor was on that (laughs) golem. All
2: right, Um, I've got to—I've got to say that this this crew gave some of their best acting that I, that I've ever seen. I know they've all done other things, but, um, I never doubted the emotions that they were showing, uh, because, you know, they were facing killing Jack, uh, to make the attack, stop Picard, Riker, and Worf make a threesome. (laughs) That was a great line. I will make it a threesome. (laughs) Worf, everything that Worf did in this episode was great. Uh, they go down to the board cube, uh, and then they, they split up when they're inside so that, uh, Picard can go find Jack and the other two go look for the beacon. Uh, this transmit is transmitting Jack to the collective. So, and when Picard finds Jack, he's in his old Lacutus suit.
3: <laughs> yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and, sort
3: of. Lacutus's suit only ended, ended at like about his belly button. And then it was just a black leotard. And then the face yeah, yeah, yeah. thing.
2: Yeah. He had the laser he had, beam he and had all the that face
3: thing, stuff. thing. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. um, and Lacutus had, had a, 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 a squirrely Borg hand.
1: Yeah, they, they had true. they gave a prosthetic over his arm. They didn't remove the arm, they just put something yeah. over it. And mm-hmm. Jack didn't get one of those.
2: So um the queen is there. We see the queen and she's all decrepit because we Zombie. can see we can see her ribs and she's and she's part of the ship. And she's scary looking but she's also kind of She's also kind of neutered because she can't really do anything, you know. When she said, "When, when, when Picard later on, we get the scene where Picard um, hooks in and 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 basically rescues Jack, she can't do anything about it. She's just out there waving her arms around, you know. But, uh, but did it I was already, great.
3: Did I already say that the the all the Borg shit was bullshit?
2: Probably, yeah. Right. I think so.
3: <laughs> he said that last week. <laughs> but, um I I and it I'm I'm sorry. I no, I'm not sorry. As soon as we saw that it was the Borg, I knew that what they were going to do. It's what they've been doing since Voyager, which is setting up these Oh my god, we're we're at the mercy of the Borg and then these incredibly contrived ways to absolutely defeat the Borg to the point where their fangs have been so pulled that the Borg aren't scary anymore. Been nerfed.
2: Well, they didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't, he didn't, other than blowing up the, the relay or whatever they called the, the transmitter, the beacon, um, the beacon. Yeah. Other than blowing up the beacon, they didn't really do anything to the Borg. all Picard just when Jack unhooked, it was done, you know, Jack unhooked himself,
3: but everybody that had been Borgified, everybody that had been assimilated went back to normal.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because the beacon, the the beacon that was giving them the signal. Like,
1: yes, yes, and they still oh,
2: had to, they still had to get the nano uh, the nanobots out of them. They, they uh, went through the trans transporter and stuff later. So,
1: I, Rick, I get it. I know what they, you're saying. They, yeah, they, they absolutely phantom menaced the the Borg threat, and it's not like this is the first time they've done it. I don't love it, but. It's the way they're gonna go about it because to try to in a more realistic sense defeat a an assimilated army of Borg on all their ships, there's no practical way to pull it off. So they have to do the magic wand to make them all change back. I think it's BS, but yeah. I mean it's BS,
3: but go ahead. And that's why I was upset that they went with the Borg. They spent the whole season setting up the changelings as the big bads. And then, at the last minute, they we went, "Nope, Borg." And here's the one easy way to take them all out.
2: Mm-hmm. Did we? But we didn't. I mean, I kind of knew that it was going to be something. I didn't know it was going to be the Borg, but I knew it was going to be something other than the changelings. The changelings were a red herring. I mean, we're, we're not going to find out who the who the 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 wizard behind the curtain is in episode two
3: <laughs> but they didn't do anything to set up that it was anyone other than the changelings other than flying bacon head and yeah. i and and i i see what you're saying john john says uh the plan to beat them was no more contrived than the borg plan to win but they did the magic wand to turn them bad I, i'm not sure what that means um that is the one time i'm actually okay with it i i understand that i well,
2: I mean, the only other w- option
3: is to kill all of them. I wish they... <laughs> I either wish that there had been more Borg hinting earlier or that the Changelings were the problem all the way through to totally negate the Changelings two episodes before the end of the series and just say they were they were pawns and now we're going to deal with the Borg Queen for one episode or one and a quarter episodes. Felt, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say lazy writing because that's not the the word I'm looking for. It's not lazy. It's just,
1: it was jarring. The the Borg did come out of left jarring. field.
3: Jarring. It just didn't feel earned.
5: The change. Okay, yeah, things, yeah, yeah, I can go.
3: Badic you know and 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 whether you know i know chris you didn't like her but i loved i loved her as a villain and that's why when they the the way she went out to me was an anticlimax and i know that some of y'all didn't agree with me about that they worked really hard to establish the changelings as the bad guys for this season and then in like five minutes spaced them and forgot about them and then suddenly here's the board queen I would have really liked to have seen this happen sooner, or be more of a build up to it.
2: Well, they kind of did the same thing in season one because we thought that the Borg was going to be the villains in season one. It turned out to be the Romulans.
3: Season one was bullshit too. I'm, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm. I love all the characters in these shows. I, I, you know, the ships are great. The the interactions are great. I think that the the villains like season one the you know space Cthulhu was ooh was stupid
5: um <laughs> season
3: two was great because it wasn't real and it was just q's death throes and the and the end of it was you know almost as awkward as the end of this one When <laughs> q hugged Picard um, but this one was like. All right, we've got the band back together. Groovy. All of that stuff was great. The the but the storyline of what they had been trying to set up for the whole season just freaking fell apart in my opinion. Because Borg, we got to get the Borg in here. Well, we've been doing Chains like, well, yeah, fuck the lanes. We're going to do Borg. And we got to get the Borg Queen in here. Even though it made no sense, because the Borg had been killed, how many times have we, you know, they they've died more times than Data at this point.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and then we've got you know gerardi Borg who are out guarding him an uh, 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 an anomaly.
5: Yeah,
4: but they're it's allies. Like, we're 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 gonna we're gonna la la la. That didn't
3: happen. We're gonna ignore that. It, it just, I understand wanting to bring the Borg in as the big bad because locutus and 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 all that stuff i just i don't think they handled it well i think they handled i think terry metallis and everything i've seen every interview i've seen with him uh was he loves this franchise he loves next generation he loves it as much as we do he is one of us um and all of the interactions between the tng crew are beautiful and I'm sorry, John, I know you're, you're texting like crazy here while I'm trying to talk. <laughs> um, it's just the other stuff that doesn't work for me. That's why I said that at the beginning, this was a very Dickensian episode, because the stuff that was Next Generation was beautiful. The interactions, the the love, the family, the card game at the end, the all of that was wonderful. But the main villain storyline of this season was as crap as the other two episodes, seasons of this show.
1: It I it's an unfortunate side effect, I think, of uh, Terry Metalis had good ideas. His idea was to um <laughs> John, john john says also known as as crap as a lot of tng yeah i said it and can't can, can't deny it and t- tom left a message in the chat and i'm going to get back to that in a second um terry metallis decided that if we're going to wrap up tng with this season of picard then what's more tng than the borg but we've and been there, it, it, I I I know.
2: <laughs> well, we've dealt with yeah. I mean, we, we this is Borg. about having Picard wrap we, up his. We wrapped him up with Q, and we're wrapping him up with the Borg.
1: We had Borg in season one. We had Borg in season two, and mm-hmm. now Terry Metalis is coming in as showrunner. He's like, I want to bring in the Borg to wrap up the TNG story, and people had to say to him, you know, we've had the Borg for the previous two seasons already. He acknowledged that. But he decided to do this anyway, because he felt that this was the proper way to wrap up TNG. Was to bring the Borg back for one final, definitive battle.
2: The Picard, the it, Borg are to Picard is the Joker is to Batman. That's what and John's I get saying.
3: that, but don't bring them in only at the in the last two episodes. That's my problem. Not that the Borg are there, yeah, I, but that they were like non-existent until the last two episodes
1: I I don't love that either he wanted it to be a big surprise and it was a surprise so much a surprise too much of a surprise because much, we yeah. didn't think they were, they were going to be involved in that in any way I I wish it had been a little bit more nuanced a little I bit I do I do deeper. think
2: I really enjoyed the the way that the assimilation happened that everybody was being assimilated this whole time and they didn't even know it just if, if you use the transporter you got assimilated but, but only if you're under 25 because your cortical node or whatever hasn't, whatever they said. The, something the, hasn't, the frontal cortex. The frontal, frontal cortex hasn't completely developed yet. Yeah. So uh, I thought that that was really good. I, and I liked that um, there was one part of this episode as far as the board plot line that I did like. And it was a, ret, it was a retcon. And it was because when, when Picard goes into the ether and he's talking to Jack in the collective, because he hooks himself in to try and get Jack out, um, Jack doesn't want to go. Jack wants to stay. He's, he's having a euphoric feeling. And you suddenly realize that Picard isn't so hard on himself because the Borg made him kill people he's so hard on himself because the board made him kill people and he wanted to do it. And he enjoyed it because he was feeling what Jack is feeling. Now he doesn't want to leave. He's, he's in this euphoria of being part of this collective and I can see where, yeah, that would mess with you. You know, when, when, when Cisco is jumping down your throat because you killed his wife and you feel bad because you know that you killed his wife and you enjoy doing it, (laughs) you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, this the 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 whole thing with Jack, it it resonated with me because I mean, I don't want to get too far into like my personal life or whatever, but I'll, I'll put it this way. There are a lot of men who have sons who make poor choices and and their lives end up in bad situations. And it is not unheard of when that happens for you to look at yourself and decide that whatever you did kind of caused that, you know. And so in Picard's case, it's the fact that he wasn't there. He wasn't part of Jack's life, and now this is happening to him because of something that was in him. He he kind of got the disease that he had, or whatever, and and it's and it's turning him into this thing. And uh, that was it. Was enough to hit home. And then and then when you hear when Riker said the line a few minutes later, where he said, "I love you, anxiety. I'll be waiting for you with my boy." I was like, oh, yeah, that got me. <laughs> um
3: and john you're right i'd have been pissed if i'd known it was them earlier but it would have made more story sense if they had dropped some breadcrumbs earlier hmm. it really it really felt if they had done so much with the changelings if and and i know this is going to sound weird as hell but it felt like a betrayal of all the work they had done with vatic to have her just blown out an airlock and, and the board queen take over to,
1: to wipe them so completely off the board for the final two episodes of the season. Yes. I, I agree. Um, I I'm with you hundred percent on that. John actually made a point uh, several minutes ago um, and he said it again. Now he says they needed an intermediate villain and yes. earlier he said uh, there should have been a mid-level boss between Vatic and the board queen. Yes. Like right. a changeling leader collaborating with the queen so vatic would have been like a field general but there's still uh you know a, a higher changeling that was pulling those strings working side by side with the queen i think that would have worked, worked really great tom jumped in in the chat with um uh, an idea for the mid-level boss being Madrid, and god damn it if he was still alive that would have been genius i would have danced in the streets if david warner was alive to come back and be Madrid for just one episode
4: well I would have I, danced
1: a jig. That would have been great.
4: Uh John just said he doesn't know who that is. Gold McDread was uh, uh cardassing that tortured card. And I I just put there that are in four there. Lights. Huh? Oh there yes, are four the, lights. the
1: lights. There, yep. Chain of command one and two.
4: Um I, I threw it in there. My issue with the uh Borg being in all three seasons and especially in this third season is Yes, it was a significant thing for Picard, but it more has happened in his life.:
1: Yeah, it, no. it, it wasn't the only thing.
4: And it, it bugs me that they just focus so much on it, and I don't I, maybe I'm downplaying his, his pain and issues, but you know, he's had other, other adversaries that were really impactful.
1: Yeah, I, ch- chain of command was was significant. That that's something that they that they could have brought back. They could have referenced that. His um, the inner light the the happenings of that episode were were impactful. They could have brought something like that back around. Like one of the very few times that Picard has found love was in the inner light, but apparently that doesn't really mean a whole lot to him because he started a relationship with laris last season. And then the first episode of this season. She says, okay, I'll go wait for you on this planet, and we never hear yeah. from her again. Yeah,
2: that's I, one of my gripes is that Laris doesn't come back in this episode. No, no, not even mentioned.
4: I'm just picturing her sitting at that bar that she mentioned, just waiting. You know, kind yeah. of kind of like uh the the um oh Janice Mannheim. <laughs> yeah. sitting oh, yeah. at the at the <laughs> cafe in Paris and it was raining. Yeah
1: the 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 cafe the cafe des artistes yes I have and, uh, I have and three, they, they have three. they have a text thread with with Michael Caine's Alfred as he's waiting uh, <laughs> in that bar like w- wherever that bar is uh, in, in Europe where he just hopes that he'll see Master Bruce living a quiet life.
2: Yeah, I have three questions. Um, number one,
3: five questions.
2: In the uh, in the first season of Picard, Riker shows up with an entire fleet of ships that are all exactly the same.
3: Uh-huh. Where are all
2: those ships? <laughs> they that, weren't that, part of this fleet.
3: That—that was—I thought of that when we saw the sh- uh, uh, all the ships in the fleet, and was like, at least they're all different.
5: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Well, wasn't the ship that Riker was on? I think that showed up on one of the displays. The name. Uh, the,
1: the the name of that one probably showed up, but as far as like the entire fleet of inquiry class, yeah, that's yeah. nowhere to be found. The other thing is they're they're saying that we've we've got the entire fleet gathered at Earth, and then we see those ships. That's not the entire fleet. Pay attention to some of the scenes in Deep Space Nine during the Dominion War, and they talk about how many ships were lost from from this battle or in uh, like you know you know this fleet or that fleet and and this battle.
5: Well, you remember. Lose that.
1: The, the the ships that are in orbit of earth at at the end of this season you lose that many ships in one battle with the gem hadar or prodigy
3: killing fleet. half the fleet
1: uh, yeah i uh, there's lots of ships in starfleet uh, yeah more than you can fit in a formation above earth but that's just me being gripey about numbers
2: my second question is they got the earpiece from roe that had all this information in it, but apparently the only information that was there that they used was that she was talking to Worf because she wouldn't use the transporter because she knew that that's how they were assembling, but then they figured it out three, four episodes later.
5: <laughs> yeah, it was this, like,
2: well, she, I, she told you, did you not read the,
3: I, read I the thought, book? I thought My head that, canon on that, is that she knew something was wrong with the transporter. She didn't know what it was.
2: Well, they should have focused on that. <laughs> yeah, And
1: you know, as far as the specifics of her not using the transporter, you know, that, that's fine. It's not really here nor there. It's the fact that the sheer amount of information that pops up into the holographic display from her earring, they don't learn anything that they didn't already know.
2: The only thing from that they learned was that forward, the warp- there,
1: there's no new information that that should have been. That should have been that should have been like an entire episode of them combing through that information and saying what they've learned, but there was hardly any information revealed after after
3: that by the way that reminds me uh I was listening to last week's episode today and uh we had talked about how uh everybody that had been beamed had gotten the the Borgo virus in them but you know, what about the people that hadn't beamed? And and it occurred to me as I was driving today that as long as the, you know, there are certain personnel on each ship that has been that have been compromised, they could beam everybody in their sleep, just beam them up and then beam them back down to their bed. It doesn't have to be uh, you know, we're going somewhere, they don't have to even be aware that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. you know, they could have just, you know, all right ensign ensigns x through to through z are asleep beam them all into the pattern buffer and then beam them back to their beds and then there's there's your infection snotty beat me twice last night <laughs> snotty
2: beamed me twice last night it was wonderful <laughs> um my third question is in my opinion and hey, my, question question. Whether, my question is, my question is whether or not you guys agree with me. The Titan, Rafi, and Seven—what they do in this episode is like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nothing they do affect anything in the plot.
3: Well, no, they were they were just dealing with their own ship. Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, but nothing mm-hmm. that they did affected anything. No, I they just basically risked their lives. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, no, because they because they were they were
4: keeping well, all right. They were trying to delay the board's attack. Yeah, right. they
3: they were keeping the fleet busy while the D was dealing with the main problem. They
2: were walking into a cloud of mosquitoes and waving their arms around.
3: But they they shot they they okay. They, they and, were and trying. You're not they They're were not do, wrong.
1: They were doing their best to delay the fleet's attack on space dock, and thus prolong Earth's defenses a little bit longer how much of an impact did they have we don't know they don't really they don't really take the time to show or tell us what real effect they have on the the Borg's attack on earth but they're doing their part to try to buy the uh the crew of the d more time so we they, just have to assume that they were successful in that to a degree
4: yeah and I mean it could have been removed with no real plot impact you know. like you said but um, Meek's recap kind of points it out too that I mean the Borg were delaying things enough on their own without needing uh, the Titan poking around to slow things down
1: yeah so. we, we, we have now destroyed your space dock we will take yeah. our time targeting these
2: cities. yeah we're going to target all these places but we're not actually going to fire anything uh, not for a while
1: in the same way that the board crew, once they escape and they destroy the cloaking device and they get up to the bridge and they stand there pointing their guns at at the at the unassimilated and the unassimilated are pointing their guns back. You still have the phasers that transport them places, shoot them again, transport them back to the transporter room. And if nothing else, they still have to walk all the way back up to the bridge. And I I was bothered by the fact that they get to the bridge and they transport like what the six Borg that are on the bridge, send them down to the transporter room. There were dozens of youngsters on that ship that Yeah, were, they were
2: just securing the bridge, basically. Like I everybody else we, is either everybody else is either dead or borgified anyway. Everybody that's yeah, not so on the all, bridge is either. So all dead the rest of
1: those borg should have been storming the bridge within five minutes. They locked yeah. the, the bridge borg in the transporter room. All the rest should have flooded in. And at the same time, when they sent the Borg to the transporter room and locked them in, the Collective should have known immediately that the Titan was taken. Seven was like, we need to figure out a way to disconnect this ship before they realize that it's been taken. The Borg are all interconnected. They already know you've taken this ship. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that, that the Collective apparently was unaware was an oversight.
2: Let's talk about the... Um... The stuff that happens towards the end when it when everything's kind of wrapping up so uh beverly is promoted to admiral and made the head of Surfleet medical which is a job that she's already had once yeah and uh and uh, read,
3: read john's comment before he has a oh.
2: <laughs> oh yeah they were they were aragorn while uh while frodo was throwing in the one ring
3: yeah
5: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> i get that um the scene with Data Indiana was pretty funny. I liked that. I liked when Data left and uh, Riker was coming. in. Is he, is he still batshit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that moment has, it, I think on the ready room, Terry Metallus said that that scene was was Spiner's idea. Yeah. To have a, a counseling session. And he leaves and Riker says, how you feeling, Data? And Data's answer is, I feel okay. <laughs> man the number of star trek fans watching the show that felt heard and seen when he said that is off the charts i like that, I so many people i like, like that
2: they let uh um, that's me every day <laughs> they let troy they let marina Sirtis or syrtis or whatever they Sirtis. let her uh be the deanna from the later films and not the deanna from the series because she's funny you know she there's a lot of comedy to that character especially in the films uh that they didn't let her really really uh do in the series and i like that she's looking at the looking at the pad and she's looking at all the places they're thinking about going on vacation while yeah. Data's sitting there talking orlando yeah <laughs>
3: john has a question
2: uh i have a question and but then there's no question
3: well, he just posted he's, he's yeah, it.
2: Give it? Him a okay, second. well, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, his, will his Borg.
1: question be, how does a Borg signal operate on line of sight?
4: Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Oh, that was my issue.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> and,
3: and, and that's why I said at the beginning of this episode, all the Borg shit was bullshit. It was st- stupid as hell. And that's... If I focus on that, I'm going to hate this episode. But... The, the and they're counting on us not
2: focusing on it so they I took the bits and yeah. they took <laughs> they took the bits out of jack right the mind controly bits like they took that out right yeah they they showed everybody was going through the transporter and getting all the nanotech
3: he had out the outline on his face <laughs> it's like they just yanked it off. yes
1: yeah l- l- later they were putting everyone through the transporter i think what we're supposed to assume is that upon unplugging him and him choosing to leave the collective that whatever Borg tech, Borg DNA, Borg code, whatever was in him, no longer had control over him because well there's
2: magic. no Borg to control him anymore, right? I mean they, they too they, they destroyed the Borg. So the Borg I think that I mean this episode is called the last generation because I think that means that's the end of the Borg. This was it. This was all that there was.
1: J- until next i i i understand yeah until i understand what john means now I, I misunderstood when john said the mind control bits they were referring to the with jack controlling other people's minds independently oh. when he was not before he was connected to the Borg. he was puppeting people those mind control bits
4: see i assumed that uh jack was able to do that because he was talking to that the borg part the borg uh code in their um in their bots he was communicating yeah, so, that one. So, i think that once
2: they run him through a pattern buffer and get all the nanotech out of him i think that'll probably squash that okay yeah,
1: now he, that, his his mind control ability was only for the younger people they they could have drawn more attention to the fact that he never was able to mind control someone older yeah because yeah. he was controlling them through the borg code in their dna
2: yeah um Worf leaks uh rafi's commendations to her son and now they're reconciling i like that they i like that they came back to that because it's something that they did at the beginning of the season where she was having issues where her son wouldn't let her meet her grant her granddaughter and stuff and that they uh I'm, I'm glad that they came back and they kind of finished that up and at least gave some closure to that character as far as stuff that we've seen in in picard so far because you know, she got she got a raw deal. She's she's a spy that had all these conspiracy theories that all turned out to be right and yet her family falls apart because they don't believe her. I know?
1: certainly hope that her son and ex husband uh gave several apologies.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that was it's that was it's scary.
1: not mentioned here, but I I sure hope that they did it.
3: And, and um there were two moments, you know, and this is—I un- think I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. I don't remember that was like five hours ago. <laughs>
1: um, this is this is certainly not our longest episode.
3: <laughs> no, but it, it um, there were only you know a, a very unusual for me. There were only two moments in this episode that made me tear up. Um, and this was one of them when Worf hugged Raffy.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm.
2: nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, everything I, Worf did in this episode, I liked. Uh, I, even I, falling asleep on the bridge, that was great. Yeah,
3: everything, yeah, and you. Everything Wharf has done in this season,
5: yeah, has been mm-hmm.
3: so much better. Because you know, I, I, it's it's no secret. I have been not the biggest fan of Worf since ever, and this he's been season, pulling
2: for a Captain Worf series for a long time. Maybe I'll finally get it
1: no but <laughs> he, he was top level Worf this season and they still found yeah. a way to one last time work in a Worf denial because he mentions uh, the possibility of Jack being past the point of no return and Beverly says no <laughs> yeah.
4: Worf gets I feel denied like one last time his, uh, Jack is in there and he's still Jack <laughs>
2: um okay so Jack gets shoved through the academy in a year for some reason uh. And he's stationed on the Titan that has been rechristened the Enterprise G.
3: Now, let me ask y'all before we go any further. I I was kind of torn whether they were going to call it the Enterprise or the Picard because of the way that Jack was like, names are everything. I, John, I John, Picard. we'll get to
2: John. What you're talking about? We'll get to that in just a minute. Go ahead, Rick.
3: Uh, just did any of you think that there was a chance they were going to call it the USS Picard? No. Me?
2: I thought that for a second. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be the USS Picard.
3: And John says he was hoping for it. So yeah.
2: the Enterprise F wasn't destroyed, was it? No, Not it we was, saw.
3: No,
1: it was being decommissioned. That's what it was there. That's. But we don't know what happened.
3: We don't, oh, was, I thought. See, I it, thought it was It got was shot being in the shoulders, Sean. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it,
5: it's
1: it's possible that it was destroyed, but um it, it was they did not draw a lot of attention to it during this season. It was something that was like written on a screen early in the season. And it was in some of the like, you know, promo interviews and whatnot, but frontier day, uh, was going to be about showing off the fleet formation and it was the decommissioning of the enterprise F.
5: Yeah. Yeah,
2: And John had a point. They could, they could continue to call this show star Trek Picard. If the ship was called Picard.
5: (laughs) I,
1: knowing that I, they've been saying, you know, we have some ideas that, you know, we, it it could continue if people wanted to see it. No, they are definitely putting the notion out there to try to drum up interest so they can get a green light to make Star Trek legacy the same way that they got Star Trek Strange New Worlds is they talk up the possibility early. If they're going to try to make a continuing Star Trek series with Seven and Raffi and sydney and esmar and Mura
2: and jack
1: so there for that show yeah and but if they're gonna do that
2: even with jack the, as a special counsel to the captain i'm eh. not loving that we're gonna get did that make that. any sense that made no, no sense no That's not didn't. even a thing <laughs> if if they were to make that
1: series on the titan it would have been okay but it's a new trek series legacy it's going to be on, an, on on the enterprise
5: yeah, yeah and, and I
2: can see that. I can see it since his legacy that they want to call it the Enterprise. My only thing is that we don't, I mean, I love the Enterprise, but we don't need the show to be on the Enterprise. <laughs>
3: but the money people do. And we've been <laughs> yeah. bitching about this for years. Nobody wants to do anything new anymore because there's no ROI in new stuff. We've got to go with the, the guaranteed stuff. So I'm fine with them calling the Titan, the enterprise. And if we get a, you know, four or five episode mini series out of it, cool. Or, or if they're going to do, if they're going to stick with made for TV movies, you know, that could work. We've seen it before.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now I, I will what say they do it, with
3: Jack is yeah, whatever.
1: If they had kept the name of the ship as the Titan, I would have been fine because I grew to appreciate and love the Titan throughout the course of the season I I love the design Neo constitution class, I think is beautiful. And I'll, I'll look at that every week if they want to show it to me yet. At the same time, the only time that I had real tears in this episode was when the camera moves up and it crests the saucer section and we see 1701 G USS enterprise and I lost it. Just because of the reveal of the name, and it it cuts down through names matter. Yeah, it cuts <laughs> through the story of the season. It cuts through the characters, and it cuts down to the fact that this is the definitive end of the crew of the Next Generation. The story that started in nineteen eighty seven, seven seasons. We get some movies, and now they're wrapping up with this series. But the Enterprise continues the ship that started the franchise that we love so much that continues on. And when I saw that on the saucer, as the camera comes up, I was undone.
3: I'm sorry. What John just posted and they all lived even the ones who died.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They did all live. And I got to say, I love Terry Metalis. I love what he's done with, uh, with star Trek, but, he came on Twitter before the finale and answered somebody's question. And said, "Don't worry, nobody dies."
3: Why would you say that? Why are you still on Twitter? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, there's only a few people that I check out on Twitter, and one of them is Terry <laughs> Metalis. <laughs> um, um, I
3: do. I, I just, I just want to say really quick before we move on because we skipped over what is the second most awkward hug in Star Trek history. When Picard hugged, it? when Picard hugged Jack in in the uh, in in, in Borg space or whatever that. Oh was. Yeah, in, yeah, in the Borgosphere.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it. That moment was kind of what I was afraid of. It was going to be you know Jack is has been subsumed by the Borg, but he is going to break free through the power of love. It was not as tropey as I feared i thought it was going to be from a distance picard was going to make an impassioned speech and then jack was going to realize that oh father's love is more important than a mother's love apparently thank you to neek for her recap Mm -hmm. pointing that out and then he was going to just with his own strength break free and and defeat the queen but no they did it a little bit differently with picard going into that space And it wasn't giving a speech that convinces Jack to come out. It was giving a speech and trying and failing to talk him out of it and then deciding, okay, you know what? If I can't talk you out of it, I'll just die with you. I would rather die with you than to live having failed you. And it was that willingness to self-sacrifice That helped to bring jack around is it still a bit tropey is it still a bit uh cliche of course it is but it's not as bad as it could have been it it's it's a far cry from as bad as it could have been so i appreciated the fact that they didn't take the easiest route possible
3: when a show has been around for almost 60 years there's no way to not be tropey anymore i hmm. was
2: okay with it. i mean i thought I yeah. you know it, it got me and that, that that scene got me but it, it, um, was,
3: it was fine i, I it, it was
1: I, it was as well executed as we could have hoped
3: for it, for yeah. that setup
2: john says what dreams may come yes i've seen that movie and i agree
3: i i haven't <laughs> i saw it when it came out and i don't remember it but i mean i remember bits of it but you're you're not wrong
2: um I do love the scene. Uh, okay, uh, we all we all love the scene in Tim Ford. And jo- Jordy says guy has been giving him the side eye. Of course, we never see guy.
3: I was so pissed. We did not see Whoopi in that at, when they met, at, either mention her and have her there or don't mention her. That was. But this also that
2: was, this was not the this was it, Tim Ford, but it was it wasn't the real Tim Ford because space was outside the window.
3: But he still said Guyan's giving us the side eye.
2: But why get
3: was Guyan in, in, in the holiday? <laughs> <laughs> I.
2: I it may have been a holo- it may have been a hologram of Guinan that they <laughs> conjured up <laughs>
3: I, I just either mention her and have her there or don't mention her and that that pissed me off yeah I, I, I was, was i was
1: upset if, if she's not on set then don't mention her because if you mention her name and we don't see her that's that that's bothersome that's gonna be way more noticeable
4: yeah, we we know, did, right there in the room
3: i did not, not notice be down for it because she's already been there and and we know how much she loves she lo- she freaking asked to be on star trek
2: well there's also there was there were several things that they had originally planned to do that they couldn't because of budget reasons so maybe they just couldn't afford oh to get bullshit they could because, afford
3: because Whoopi would work for scale for that she would i don't, don't know about scale that because
2: they, they originally wanted to have a scene where they actually go and find tuvok in like a dungeon on the on the, intre- the intrepid i think and um and Roe was going to be there. Ro survived and she's there too. And, and, and they couldn't do it because of budget reasons. They wanted to have Janeway be there to, to, um, promote seven, but they couldn't, they couldn't afford to, to get Kate Mulgrew. So I find that
3: very hard. to. All right. I will grant you.
2: And Garrett Wong, Garrett Wong was supposed to be there too. Oh, Like he's he's expensive.
3: Um, (laughs) I grant you that setting up a whole different You're very catty. Set, You're very
2: catty. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, I'm big meow right now. What did Garrett
2: um, Wong ever do? To you?
3: <laughs> nothing. I love Garrett Wong, but I can't believe that his price tag is too high for goddamn Paramount Plus. Um, you know, I can believe that, you know, doing a whole other set for, for what you just described for rescuing whatever from whatever, that that, yeah, that I can see them going, no, we can't afford that. Paying Whoopi Goldberg for, for one day's work, they've got that. Paying Garrett Wong or, or Kate Mulgrew for one day's work, they've got that. They just didn't want to do it. And I don't know why. I don't know what the, what the, there has to be some, some reason why.
2: Well, it might have, it might have taken away from the scene a little bit because Whoopi is part of the show, but she's not part of that.
3: Group. And you, and, and, and so. I, I understand, and, and I agree with you. Then don't mention her.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't have if, brought her up. My but problem it wasn't funny. that line. she wasn't there.
3: <laughs> it's that Guinan's given us the stink eye, and then Guinan's not there.
2: Guinan's yeah. given us the stink eye because <laughs> Beverly drank all the blood wine. <laughs> no, <warped her. laughs>
1: no, it, it was it, De- Deanna called out The she said someone drank all the blood wine, doctor. And yeah. then. And then, of course, Beverly was immediately acting drunk. We should have music.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't Worf. And Worf said that he had to leave because he was doing a Mugato uh, oh, <laughs>
5: meditation, meditation the next morning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Worf was being a downer when i Beverly suggests music, and he's like, "Oh, well, he's never no. been the life of the party." <laughs> and, yeah. and then Picard brings out the cards. He's I like, am not Aww. a merry
2: man. Captain, I protest. I am not a merry man. If he have
1: dislikes you all, the I, idea I of cards so much, why was he playing all the time?
3: About the card game. Every Everybody has heard that Terry Metellus said, you guys play cards and he ran the cameras for 45 minutes. That was not yep. scripted. He just went mm-hmm. aside from the, the very first few lines and then he just was like, go. And and they're all like, you really want us to? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right. You're going to get mm-hmm. what you get. And the the He let the cameras run. That's one of the the beauties of digital of the digital world we live in. You could not have run film cameras for 45 minutes with no direction. But digital cameras, they can record hours and hours and hours, and it's just it's all on a on a on a chip. And we'll
2: probably we'll probably get all of it on the DVD really. Yeah, he he said
3: somebody's eventually gonna want (laughs) to see this footage. We may put it on the DVD. I think that was brilliant. Yeah. And I I, I just want I want to say before we wrap this up because I know we we, we kind of skipped over it. I loved Seven of Nine in this episode. We, we, mm-hmm. we really haven't really mentioned her too much. Um, I think this was some of Jerry Ryan's best work as Seven, um, especially the scene with her and Tuvok at the end. But overall, I think Jerry Ryan's work in this season has been exemplary. And I don't think she gets enough credit for it. And I really hope we get to see more of her as captain of the Enterprise F. The the
2: um, the the two G, yeah sorry. the Enterprise G. G. The two problems that I had in this wrap up was that for some reason Riker is doing the log instead of Picard, and the show is called Picard. Um, and then I love.
3: It's a, well, it's still the Titan at that point.
2: Yeah, but Riker's not in charge of the Titan. He,
4: no neither is Picard. <laughs> well, Riker's R- still Riker a captain was a look- despite being called commander. Yeah.
2: I understand, <laughs> but you would think that in the finale, in the last five minutes of the finale of Picard, you would want Picard to give the the yes. the, the log. Re- really no,
1: essentially the la the last five minutes of TNG. Yeah. It's TNG uh, season eight and Picard's not, yes, you, you make a very good point. I also don't like that. He decided to just restart the Federation calendar. Start date. Let's say one.
2: The hell yeah. are you talking about? Let's say yeah. one. Yeah. We can't just start time over. Um, the the other problem that I had, it's not really a problem because I love that Tuvok was here, but I mean, that shouldn't, that should have been Picard. Picard should have been given her, her promotion or whatever. He's an, he's still an admiral. I mean, so, he's re- so technically retired, but I know, oh, but this is Star Trek. This is Star Trek Picard, and Picard and Seven have been in it from the beginning. They should have had this scene together for him to be able to be the one to give her her promotion.
3: Sean <laughs> says he was busy in the bar. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I um,
3: We wanted, we wanted, I wanted, and I was very happy to get <clears throat> a scene between Seven and Tuvok, an actual th- real, real Tuvok. I, I
1: loved seeing it. I I agree with Sean that it would have made sense for it to be Picard giving that promotion, but I suspect that Metallus and probably Jerry and Tim and a lot of Voyager slash Seven of Nine fans, let's be honest, I think there are more Seven of Nine fans than there are Voyager fans. They, <laughs> they loved seeing Seven and Tuvok. Have a scene together face to face. it maybe narratively doesn't make as much sense as Picard giving her the promotion, but it still works
3: and it was right, and it, was, it get... was great to see Tim Russ and and see the two of them again and just when 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 we saw the recording, and you know we have given Shaw no end of shit this season. <laughs> I haven't. I've lo- I love Shaw. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: and uh, have y'all seen the, the 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 Instagram video he put out where he's 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 just kind of saying goodbye to the fans the, and he's uh, like the, those finishing, those, finishing,
4: Oh yeah, yeah 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 I saw drink,
1: it. finishing off the mug of coffee and then turn around walking and away. And it says
3: best captain ever, Liam Shaw or something yeah. like
1: that. It, oh with and, and a shirt that says I survived survived the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine yeah yeah yeah. we all saw that because i i shared it to the group i i gave it to you guys metallis also
2: metallis also said that if star trek legacy happens it's not out of the question that shaw is there in some fashion and i can't remember the actor's name that played shaw i don't have it in front of me now
1: todd stashwick
2: there you go stashwick uh he said that Metalis told him how he would work him into the show and Metalis is on board I mean in the Stawick is on board
3: yeah he, he's so. a he's a total fanboy and I I I would be so there you know uh, we, yeah hollow <laughs> at the beginning of the series we we're like fuck this guy and now you know and then when he died I balled my eyes out because he just you know it's a great character and so him posthumously telling seven that she should be a captain and then and then uh tuvok confirming it yeah it would have it would have been fine if it had been picard but i think it was a lot
4: more impactful that it was tuvok that did that all right Mm. i have an issue with uh shaw's recording okay it to me it did not fit with the characterization timeline. you know he's He's very respectful of um uh, or respecting of seven and calling her seven in his recording it that didn't fit with the timeline immediately after that and now, if you want to argue that oh she really disappointed him when she you know sided with Riker and Picard that's
3: that's my take on it, yeah, yeah
4: He's I
2: just, think that he, he also kept he kept calling her he kept calling her um Annika, Han- he kept calling her Hanson, but I think that my headcanon says that he was doing that. And, and not that it's less of a dick move, but uh, he was doing that to give just to give her shit because that's what he, his idea of a commanding officer is supposed to give people shit. <laughs> you know? So,
3: yeah, uh, yeah. just because I love the performance and I was sad when he died doesn't mean he was any less of a dick.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he absolutely was. And he knew it. He, he admits to it the, the fact that he spoke so highly of seven in that review and even even said seven of nine in the yeah. officer evaluation does he act that way when he's face to face with her no because the way that he acts as her captain is different he 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 puts up more of a dickish front when he's dealing with her face to face, but when she's not around and he's talking to his superiors, giving a review, that's where he says how he really feels. So the whole time that he was essentially dead naming her throughout the season, that's just the dick way in which he captains. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, and also, you know, speaking as someone who is frequently called upon to write letters of recommendation for people, uh, most of the time, I'm very happy to write an L O R for a student who I thought you know worked you know did a great job and I love saying that they can walk on water. But every now and then there's just someone I'm like, I want this person to go away and I want them to become your problem <laughs> instead of mine.
5: <laughs> All right, let's talk about
0: this that. um
2: the the, the after credit scene we see uh, actually is- but, but
1: before we get to that I I want to um
2: I don't think we're I, ever going to get to that. <laughs> I, I, I want to
1: highlight. Want to highlight one thing. We're going to get there. I want to highlight yeah. one one line from Shaw's uh, officer evaluation, just because I, I thought it was very effective writing. Um, <laughs> sorry, I read what John said. That was a mistake. Um, he he says that that's that seven is is very loyal, um, but she has no regard for procedure um but then he goes on to say he had mentioned that he himself is very by the book and by God the book is boring and then he mm-hmm. follows that up later by saying the book that she writes is going to be great
5: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and th- that that one affected me as well because it's 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 true we know it's true because she's been proving herself to be a very capable officer it gives us that you know added insight this is how he really felt about her this whole time that's nice to hear and it's also a little bit optimistic looking to the future with a possible uh, series on the way if she's going to lead it as a captain. She's going to f- find out the type of captain that she is. And I hope we get to see it.
3: I have one, last, one last incredibly picky nit. And <laughs> there's probably going to be like five of you out there who who appreciate this, but maximum warp from Earth to Jupiter is a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, they, we, we've we've heard
2: several times you're not supposed to go to warp inside of a solar system.
3: Well, not even that. Right. Maximum warp, warp nine would drop you, you know, 400,000 light years. <laughs> well, maybe not, but it would... Jupiter is only a few light minutes away. So if you go to, to warp 9.9... 9, you're going to overshoot by several star systems.
5: You
2: gotta be, you gotta be fast. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have Android reflexes. Um, take,
1: take us to Jupiter maximum warp. Oh, so you mean the Picard maneuver? <laughs> it's going to be like zip zipping. and we're there.
2: All right. So Jack is in his, uh, very large quarters for an ensign who just got out of the Academy since he should be in a bunk bed out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he is surprised by Q, who comes along and tells him that his trial is just beginning. So Terry Metalis also said that John DeLancey he, he approached John DeLancey while he was filming season two about doing this cameo. They brought John DeLancey in for 20 minutes and filmed this.
3: <laughs> and it was beautiful. I yeah. loved every it was second of it.
2: Yeah, it was. I enjoyed that he was there. I knew. I said this in the chat that I thought that there was gonna be some Deus Mac Deus Deus Ex Macuna. Woo! Uh, I am vindicated. But it didn't uh, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen the way that I thought because I thought the cube was gonna be more part of part of the plot. But he uh but he did show up. So I I, I choose to accept the win. Um <laughs> but uh it would not it would be weird to have the finale. Without Q having some part in it since he's been there, he was in the premiere, he was in the finale, uh, and now he's part of this finale. So it's just, I don't know, I don't know that Jack being part of the the, the legacy is something that I want. I don't have anything against Jack. I just, I don't like this idea of he gets shoved through the academy faster than Kelvin Kirk Kirk did. And, uh, at least
3: he's an ensign and not freaking. He's an ensign, but he's (laughs) special
2: counsel to the captain. And, uh, Sydney's over there. She's now a lieutenant commander and she's not, uh, or she's a lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah, she's a lieutenant and she outranks him, but she's over there working while he's just over there sitting in the chair, just looking around, you know.
1: I'm, I'm going to jump back to what I sent to Sean during a, um, uh an off mic chat earlier in the week as we were talking about this because i it still sticks with me as this is the sense that i get when when jack walk onto the bridge and he's starting to give fake captain's orders and then sitting in the chair like he belongs there and it just screamed to me Hey, suckers, y'all went through the full academy program to be button pushers. (laughs) So lame. They rushed me through in less than a year despite my criminal history and being compromised by the Borg. And I get to be special. I get to be extra special advisor guy to the captain, which I will absolutely lean on as implicit permission to act the fool and look down on the rest of the bridge crew, all of which outrank me now.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he he asked Seven, where do you want me? In this high profile position over here? How about this high profile position? That high profile. I maybe not. I maybe won't be as great in the science position, but I could still rock it better than any senior officer that you've ever met because I'm me. And she says, "No, none of that. You're even more special. You get to sit next to the captain, and you have my ear all the time.
3: And next week, you're putting none on a low-cut outfit.
1: <laughs> none yeah. of that makes sense. Also, I, of course, I, I enjoyed keep my s- eye on you. <laughs> of course, I'm I enjoyed sorry, seeing. Comment. Again. Okay, fine. Let's go to John's comment.
5: It might be the little wings that airlines (laughs) give the kids on the flight. Yeah. Yeah,
2: because you know when if this legacy show happens, that Jack's gonna essentially be like it's gonna be his show.
3: I don't think so. I really, it's not. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the the. I think that they're going to do an ensemble show if they do. well, Yeah.
2: I mean, it'll be an ensemble, but I mean, Q showing up to especially talk to Jack and say, your trial is just beginning or whatever. It's like, there's, he's going to have, it may be an ensemble, but it's going to be an ensemble and he's going to have, it's going to be an ensemble and uh, just like TNG was an ensemble, but most of the stories were about Picard or Data. <laughs> <laughs> so. he,
1: he, he's gonna have a significant role in the ensemble which i it, it doesn't have to be bad they i would hope that they do some serious character rehabilitation because i insufferable has been the word that comes to mind every time i think about jack i of course loved seeing q again i didn't love that q showed up and was talking to jack if he had shown up and started talking to seven i would have liked
2: that a lot better Did you ever meet Seven on Voyager? Were they ever in an episode together? Yes. Okay. Because I knew he had been on Voyager several times. I just couldn't remember if it was any of the ones that she was, after she came on.
1: Yeah, certainly after she came on. Whether or not they had scenes together, I don't recall because I haven't seen Voyager enough to remember if they spoke to each other. But still, she she was there on the ship, so he would remember her. And now she is the new captain of the Enterprise, and he likes talking to captain of the Enterprise. That would have been good enough for me for Q to go to her and say,
3: but Jack not, is Picard's son and Q has a special. He, he affinity has he, for Picard. He has a fondness for Picard. Yeah. Not
1: not like it doesn't make sense. It does make sense for Q to show up to Jack, but I don't love the character of Jack. I like the character of seven better. Yeah. They, hey. they, they could have had Q show up to seven and it still would have made sense. And, I wouldn't be sitting here grumbling that now jack is even more special because he's got another inheritance from jean Luc that he gets to carry on first he inherited borg stuff and now he's got q following him around i'm thinking that somewhere in season two of star trek legacy he's gonna get uh, uh kidnapped by a Cardassian, and then in <laughs> season three maybe four he's gonna spend 15 minutes uh in uh, a virtual reality where he lives an entire lifetime on a dead planet
3: <laughs> I think you're giving, find your own th- thing, dude. <laughs> I think I think you're giving Star Trek Legacy a a cachet it's not intended to have. What what Kurtzman described was miniseries, you know, of four, three, you know, three, four, five episode snippets, not a series called Star Trek Legacy.
1: I I missed that part. As as far as what form legacy would take, I miss that.
3: Yeah. It, it, he was talking about little mini-series, mini, mini uh, you know, looks glimpses into various different areas of of Starfleet. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, maybe a TV movie like like with with uh section thirty-one, or maybe, you know, a four-episode series or even you know like short tracks only only a little bit longer star trek legacy isn't isn't a series it's an umbrella for well it could be
2: ideas. it could be um it could be like a um um i'm i'm not hitting the word that i want to say, where every episode is something different you know what i'm saying anthology, anthology. and then it could be yeah. like an anthology but be more along the lines of i don't know if you guys that have ever seen american horror story but mm-hmm. uh it's an anthology but every but instead of every episode being different every season is every different. season
3: is different yeah some, so, something like that so it I, be I got be like from from what kurtzman was saying i got the impression we're looking at like you know three or four episode arcs of of different ship of different ships different characters different different yeah. settings.
1: And, and that'll be fine as well. I in, in my head, I was just making the assumption they they were setting up the new crew of the Enterprise G so clearly.
3: Oh yeah, there's definitely that, more coming from them.
1: Yeah, that that they would be set up to do a series with them if they wanted to. And as John says, I don't dislike Jack as much as a lot of you, but I really bristle at the notion of him being the chosen one.
2: I don't I, dislike Jack. I, I just don't. I just don't like this idea that he got rushed through the academy just so he could be part of this crew that's I, the only I, thing that i don't like
1: i don't like that he was rushed through i also don't like the character of jack because i he's just he's he's not terribly likable i they didn't do a lot to, to make him likable and i didn't find him terribly compelling either i thought well, he was, i don't think i don't thought think he was, kind of was very
2: likable when he was that age either I think that but, he was he was very full of himself and I, and I didn't
1: have to I I didn't have to watch a series yeah, where, I know. where young Picard <laughs> was made a, a main character. But um, now they're trying to set up Jack as a main character and he's just an an arrogant, obnoxious douche most of the time.
2: John also said earlier uh that he would have liked if Wesley had appeared in Jack's room instead of Q, which I wouldn't have minded that, but uh Will Wheaton uh, I saw him talking about that and he said that his head, his head cannon is that, um, Wesley as a traveler, like one of their rules or whatever, is that they're not supposed to interact with people from their life, from their past or whatever. So he wouldn't be able to go and like hang out with his mom, meet his brother and all that kind of stuff. So, um,
1: reasonable. If if that's the headcanon from from the person who plays the character, i I can roll with that, no problem. Mm-hmm.
2: They also said they also asked him if uh if he would uh what he thought about a show that kind of focused on kind of like uh if they actually made Assignment Earth but it had like the travelers and all that kind of stuff in it and Wesley was like part of it. Wes and uh Will Wheaton said, Well, I mean, officially I've retired from on screen acting, but I would probably make a make a rule change if Star Trek <laughs> you know wanted to do something so
3: if, but i don't I don't you,
2: really see that happening.
3: If you really want to know what Will Wheaton is about, read or especially listen to still just a geek, um, then you'll you'll fully understand why we don't see Will Wheaton on screen more. And why I think the 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 ready room is great. Sorry, Chris. I know. <laughs> um, I think that's about you know that's that's what any that that's what Will Wheaton wants to do for on camera stuff now. You know the ready room and 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 the 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 RPG shows he he did. Um, he's really not interested in acting, mm-hmm. and he's got really good reasons for not being interested in acting.
1: Yeah and if if you want to take a shortcut folks I, I haven't read still just a geek but i I probably should and i would never recommend anyone not read it but if you want to take a shortcut listen to um his uh appearance on gates mcfadden's podcast um i was it who do you think Investi- you are? In, 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 investigates? investigates. yes, Investigate. yes. Investigates, yeah investigates.
3: she is a brilliant interviewer it, it, listen to his discussion
1: yeah. with her on that show and listen to his uh discussion on inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a good one too i ooh um
1: the, I talked with Michael rosenbaum that that tore me up I and it wasn't even stuff that, but... it wasn't even stuff that I didn't know about will Wheaton, but to listen to that that conversation it's it's heartbreaking
3: will's, will's it, parents really yeah. fucked him over
1: yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Sean, before you go on, John uh, jumped in and, uh, re- regarding Jack, John said, I think they did do things to make Jack likable in the last few episodes, but they kind of undid it in the epilogue. I hadn't really thought about that, but, but gee whiz, he is right. Because when, once I read, once I read that comment from John, I thought about the scene in the shuttlecraft with, uh, Beverly and Jean-Luc and Jack. I had no problem with Jack in that scene. Jack was great in that scene. But then yes, once he gets onto to onto the new enterprise, he undoes it all. He has to he has to be acting acting goofy.
2: And he acts like a little kid that they've got to get on to. I was like get out of my chair, you know. <laughs> kind of stuff. Okay. Again, it was very it was very Kelvin Kirk, yeah. Yeah. And,
3: and 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 I've said this 3 times before. If they had cast an actor who was the age that Jack is supposed to be, this all would have been understandable. If not forgivable, it would have been just like, oh, he's being a kid. But a 33-year-old man playing a 23-year-old kid, it doesn't work.
2: Well, I mean, you have, you have 30-year-old people playing high school students all the and time. And it's
5: never worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: always yeah. been stupid.
1: Spoilers, Sean. It doesn't work then either.
2: <laughs> all right. The observation deck. Um, so the title refers to the last generation of the Borg. Featured in a desperate a- attempt to revive the collective in this episode. While the new collective created by Agnes Gerardi is still around, the Borg appear to be mostly defeated by the end of this. Um, some of this stuff we've already kind of talked about.
3: That's usually the way it goes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, Tim Russ uh repri- reprises his role of Tuvok after having portrayed what? the changeling version in the in the episode Dominion. Tuvok also made a non-speaking appearance in uh Lower Decks grounded and was last portrayed by Russ. Wait, 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 in... wait,
3: wait, wait, wait. How could Tim Russ
2: it didn't say Tim Russ, it said Tuvok made oh, an appearance oh, oh, thought, in Lower Decks? I
3: thought you said Tim Russ. Okay. No,
2: he made an appearance in Lower Decks uh previously russ reprised the role of tuvok in a short film called uh, or for uh star trek the exhibition in 2007 and it was not good (laughs) uh he's played tuvok in two of those films he did he of gods and men yeah and then the other one was renegades yeah it it wasn't in renegades and yeah
3: oh god that was painful
2: and also renegades also had walter koenig yeah as a Pavel Chekhov
3: and whoever made the costumes for it really should never touch a piece of fabric ever again. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, Walter Koenig is the first original series main cast actor to make an appearance on Star Trek since George Takei played Sulu in uh lower decks episode crisis point to paradoxes.
3: So I forgot year? about that. I <laughs> forgot
2: about that. I forgot that he was in that. Um, this this episode marks Commander or Commander com, Captain William Riker and Troy's third Star Trek series finale because they were in All Good Things and they were no. also in These Are the Voyages.
5: We don't talk about that Enterprise.
2: <laughs> um, Worf has been in in, in in also in three finales because he was in What You Leave Behind. And uh
3: yeah, Michael Dorn, I think, still holds the record for the most Star Trek appearances by a single actor.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Followed by Colombini, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Or or yeah, Colomini, yeah. And then Jeffrey Colm is probably <laughs> Column. <laughs>
2: Archive footage from Star Trek: First Contact was used for the Locutus just flashbacks, which was obvious, but that that they the came from First Contact, but yeah. it was pretty cool. And the toast that Data begins to deliver is the Limerick that he started in The Naked Now, and uh, it was good. I like that. That was that was a funny callback. Yeah, it,
1: it it was a a clever moment. I enjoyed that.
3: All right, John, All right. Is totally not editing this one. Sean, you want to do it, or you want me to?
2: um i vote to just scott not sean i'm i I think i'm (laughs) probably i'm probably just going to release it as is (laughs) i'm probably not going to edit it but i want to get it out there quickly so people can hear it but uncut uh, and uncensored
1: all right how about that john if if sean says to just put it out uncut will you throw it in your template and and send it out Okay, we'll we'll see what it, we'll wait to see what it, okay he says sure all right good
2: done easy well i have all the theme music i can put it on i can put the well then you can do, stuff on. can do it i can do it i'll do it tomorrow yeah just send send me the send me the file where rick's not listening but
1: well i'm gonna have to bust ass to try to get the new show out before you get
2: this out <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to do it tomorrow i'll probably i'll probably do it monday or tuesday how about okay. that
3: all right um Sorry, my daughter is giving me shit vicariously from my wife about the fact that she's still awake. <laughs> I was like, you can go to bed if you want. <laughs> yeah, go to bed anytime you want. <laughs> he told you to go to bed an hour ago.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's going to wrap up our extra long uh, discussion of uh, this episode of Picard. As we knew it would be. Tom, thanks for being here. You want to let anybody know uh, anything?
4: Uh, no, just so you can find me here hopefully even, uh, after this episode on that Star Trek podcast. And I'd love, uh, uh, occasional appearances on cosmic potato.
2: Absolutely. Scott, what about you? Where can we find you?
1: Uh, well, normally when I'm not being usurped by, uh, former, uh, podcast network heads, you can find me here hosting that Star Trek podcast. Uh, we will be returning when strange new worlds begins its new season uh that's not to say that we won't have any episodes between now and then if we come up with something fun to talk about star trek wise we might throw together a a special episode but if nothing else we will return when strange new worlds premieres season two in the summer uh aside from here you can find me on cosmic potato the super fan talk podcast where we discuss sliders sometimes and i've been waiting on watching more episodes of that until we discuss them Every now and then I appear on Captain Game Show. And aside from uh, podcast work, you can always visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com and check out some of my graphic artwork that I do for pleasure and for profit.
2: Like you said, former network head, like I'm not in charge of the network anymore. I called, I called Georgia and they found 11,000 votes. And I still am in office
1: and, I, I, you're right you're right. who served by former by former hosts
2: We'll just go with that So I yeah, I just I will tell I will tell the audience I just life has been busy over the last uh several months uh life has thrown a lot at me and I don't have as much time for podcasting as I used to. That's why you don't hear me on here as much. Uh, I do come on occasionally. And when I, when I, when I come, I usually let Scott continue to host because um, I don't always have enough time to really prepare for, for hosting a show, but it being the Picard, the Picard finale, I wanted to step in and kind of, drive the drive the ship a little bit but when we come back for um strange new worlds i doubt i'll be on every episode so i'll host sometimes scott will probably host more than me but i will be here occasionally and uh and probably just sit in the passenger seat (laughs) but uh rick what about you where can we find you
3: you can find me here on that starter podcast, uh, occasionally on Captain Game Show. Um, not really anywhere else right now. Uh, and I'm not even totally sure I'm coming back for Strange New Worlds. I I I haven't decided yet. Well, we've heard that before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, folks, just just uh, you know, homeopathy is bullshit. Uh, get real medicine if you need medicine and uh, and take care of yourselves.
2: All right. And that's going to do it for this episode. I didn't write anything catchy at the end of, uh, for the end of the show. Um, John is the host of Captain Game Show. Everybody keep, uh, keep listening to that. He wanted me to make sure we still, and yes, we still have a network. <laughs> the website hasn't been updated in a while, but we still have a network as long as this show and cosmic potato exists there will be a network
3: <laughs> is, is, is the punk rock punk rock skunk podcast part of us or, or no 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 um i have no that, idea what that, that, that is the bad movie that? podcast is, is oh yes
2: they're they they are uh in the under the umbrella yeah. But they're their they're their own show, but they do appear on the uh on the website as part of the network. But so. we
3: love Ollie.
2: Mad Movie Club, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. So come back and join us. June June fifteenth will be the uh premiere of season two of Strange New World. So that episode will come out uh shortly after that. Other than that, if anything is announced between now and then, we'll probably do an episode where we'll cover it um but just keep checking the facebook page because if we if we do anything uh, it'll be posted there and also cosmic potato you know we'll be we'll be doing some stuff for for that uh over the next few weeks so come and check that out thank you for listening and we will see you in a couple of months bye-bye
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of that star trek podcast you can contact us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can send us an email at thatstartrekpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Be sure to join us again next time on That Star Trek Podcast.